get wild at night. Turn the fuck up, we going out tonight. I've been waiting all my life. Every time I go out, I think I found my wife. I can't help but turn down the lights. I'm gonna take something down tonight. This shit is so hot, that's what it's sounding like. Make you wanna fuck around at night, bitch. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. And of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live the Cowboys. What's up, everybody? We're back in the action. Busy week, busy couple weeks, Saskatoon, Yorkton, CFR. We've been just rolling on the road, boys. Been busy prepping for the one and only PBR Canada Finals in Edmonton. We'll get to that here pretty soon. But before we do, let's chat with the boys. Jason Davidson, what's up, buddy? You sound tired there, LT. Well, it is 6.30 in the morning, Thursday morning. I hope our audience appreciates the lengths we go to to push these mfs out of here some days <laughs> but everything's that? going great this is uh no better way to kick off my day than to look at your beautiful faces well, let's introduce scott Byrne and then get right at it here we got lots to talk about scotty burns back what's up buddy rocking a dart 6 30 a.m right there in the garage getting fired up for the day what's up bro yeah coming to you live from the chore room this morning yeah ripped the dart had a coffee <laughs> Yeah, everything's good. Busy, like you yeah, all say, but that's cool. God damn, I've been trying to... It's snowing and storming here, but still above zero, so I can't even get the fucking backyard drink to freeze down so I can start doing my line-to-line workout for the Hornets. <laughs> well, I see you doing some line-to-line workouts uh, running around the shark cage as the in-arena entertainer at the Yorkton. <laughs> What's the Yorkton Miser Group? What's the Bull Rat? Miser Group. Yeah, amazing group. Yeah. PBR. PBR last weekend. How was it, bud? How'd it go? It was good. It was lots of lots of fun. It was I was doing my best rinsing and impersonation. Uh don't know if it all worked out exactly like that, but it went okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did have a bull chase me around the shark cage. Um I made one round and all of a sudden he was still coming. I looked up at Wade Grover <laughs> and I was like, Well, as he would say, well, bud, I think he can throw a loop there anytime. Now I'm running out of steam here. <laughs> and, uh, hey, they can get around those things a lot faster than. Oh, yeah. Can. I've been mowed down around that thing many a times thinking, oh, I'm good. Just keep shuffling yeah. around here. They're a lot better at getting around the shark cage than we are. Funny, funny story. Saturday morning. So it was a Friday, Saturday deal. Saturday morning, I woke up, went to jump out of bed and i think i found some muscles i hadn't used in several years jumping up and down off the shark cage wow a little tender did i see uh did i see a flint rasmussen rope jump at one point too you have you seen the videos of flint getting wiped out yes. that? i wouldn't keep to keep that up if i was you but that's totally yes you. yes i did i jumped wade broke that bull and that rope went across that shark cage i jumped up thought it was going to go underneath and it didn't i landed right on top of the rope again yeah. So I had to hot step off that before I lost. <laughs> hot step. Yeah. An old hot step. The hot step. I like yeah. it. Yeah, me too. I could just picture myself getting whipped down and knocking my front teeth out on the top of the. Oh, yeah. And- yeah. I wait Flint out pretty bad. It's a pretty viral video, actually. So yeah. Pretty viral. Get that going. Anyway, yeah. 
Okay, uh, what about the 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 job that you did though? Did you go full rodeo clown Tisdale style? Did you go humble entertainer style? I seen you were full geared, full garb. Yeah, I did. I stuck with the full uh, clown gear, just mainly because I had nothing else set up as far as uh, jersey and pants and that kind of stuff. But it worked I'd out. I say okay. it was a cross. I say it was a hybrid. Yeah, a hybrid well, performance. They had me wearing a jersey, a sponsor jersey, like we all love to wear. Um, and uh, so, yeah, hey, I just stuck with hey, the clown stuff. Let me I remind know. everyone, the I sponsors know. pay for the show. Not all yeah. of it, unfortunately. That's the biggest problem. But it was Definitely a good, it was packed there. Man, they, they love that deal. Best so, crowds ever. It best was. crowds ever in Yorkton. Best crowd for Saturday night in Saskatoon. Saskatoon was boom. Bumping. How was the Sunday crowd? In Saskatoon, how did it go? Uh, a little lighter than the Friday the year before. So PBR has learned a lesson that we are a drinking, partying, let's get at a crowd. If I could have had two people for every vehicle that was still in the parking lot at 10 o'clock Sunday morning when I pulled into the venue, I think we could have probably did about the same amount of people <laughs> as we did Josh, Saturday. Yeah, that's Josh Berzik put it best on Sunday. He just he was down behind the shoots and he looked up and he goes, Scotty, uh, PBR fans are creatures of uh, partying, and that happens on a Friday and a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you got the pedibles that we had out on Sunday. Holy fuck, that was a non-Sunday fun day of just getting wiped out every second fucking ball. Mm. Huh? Holy Christ. No, I like it, though. I like the Sunday afternoon because you can get home. But Grand Prairie, yeah, that is nice. Saskatoon, same thing, home. But I hear you. They're definitely, I think that the Canadian fans, especially, they come to party both both nights. Highlights from those events before we move on. Saskatoon, obviously, the highlight of the weekend, in my opinion. John Crimber. I'll agree with that. He rides okay. Yeah, rides really good. And now, Was the highlight is riding or or him sitting down with Tanner and JD and signing this contract? Yeah, that's a good highlight. Too. Representing him for PBR teams. Yep, JD Voride and athlete John Cramer. There's the big news from last. And week. what a good People kid! Great kid. Yes. What a good kid! Shout out to Paulo. Did a good and job. Maria. Good kid. Had fun up there too. We are eight days away from Perf Number One. Six days away from the Taipazabon Foundation. Eight days away from PBR Canada Finals Perf. Which, speaking of rolling. Tickets are rolling. Really? Um, yes. Yeah. Saturday night. Here we go. Back to the Saturday nights. We will crown a champion and end it in the Edmonton at Rogers Place on a Saturday night. Some bull rider is going to walk out of there with a minimum of $100,000. I figured it out. If you sweep that sucker, it'll be just shy of one hundred and fifty grand. Nice. Let's win every round in the average. Yep. Fucking okay, right, which is doing 148,000. Too shabby. Well, Macaulay Leather had a pretty good showing. 100 and uh, what was it on the year? Is it 171,000 on the year in yeah, PBR Australia? So. Yeah. yeah, he oh, must so. have fucking rolled the tables. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Do you know this kid? He's coming over to, to Edmonton, right? Yeah, I, he is, yeah. Um, Macaulay Leather and our old buddy. We pushed for a championship back in the day, 17 or 18 it was, 
uh, Lachlan Richardson. So no stranger to Canadian soil. Lock spent some time here. Actually, really looking forward to seeing Lock again. 2018 was the last time he was on Canadian soil. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, Macaulay, I haven't heard anybody named. I wonder what his nickname is. What do they call that guy in Australia? <laughs> Macaulay. The only one I know is Macaulay Culkin. So I feel like we, yeah, should, that's... we should name him Home Alone or some sort of uh, Richie Rich. Something. Hey, Home He's got like some sort of nickname like that when he comes over. Looks like he fucking rides him because, you know, you got Aaron Clyer and all them guys over there, too. And yeah. he's a young guy comes in and kicks their ass. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see where he goes. I think Gleason had a post about him, too, about team stuff and all that. So see where yeah, he goes. I, I enjoyed that post. Potential number one pick. Potential. Um, aren't they all? Uh, aren't they I wanna, all? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to John Krimber, and I think it's the – kind of the quote or whatever of the year. Uh, Jason, for PR, you had him and Dale and do the weather, TTV weather on the, what, Friday night? or the, I think it was Friday Actually, night. it was Thursday. Thursday. Oh, Talk about something going viral. Right? Well, hey, that is cool. They were doing the weather, and anybody that has that much confidence like John Krimber does, but not cocky in any way, he's just confident. Um when he says, if you come to the bull riding on Saturday or Sunday, there's a 100% chance of 90-point rides. Well, yeah. God damn, that is pretty cool. cool. And what's he do? Like we always talk it's about. 91 he on backed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be able to back it up, and he did. But all the stuff that they were saying was pretty funny. Dalen had some good ones, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Dalen's kind of come right out of his shell. I think uh, – I told uh, our resident PR gal, Casey Albert, I'm like, if we can get those two guys for PR in every market, I will invest because I think they sell tickets. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. Yeah, yeah, that what was good. Lineup. What about lineup? We want to get into the lineup for the PBR Canada Finals. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's wait. There, the Saskatoon. Before we go past it, other other stuff that was pretty good was the bull race heats up. Obviously, as we roll into Edmonton. Shay Marks has a good one in Smooth Sailor. The gray bull that was in the short round, that's a big-time bucker. Holy cripes. Um, smooth over. That thing go fuck himself. That thing oh, is, oh, my God. That thing is smooth mean. run everybody over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You watch for people that are watching that whenever he goes out, it's he just looks for the high guy. Shay says it, too. He's like, you're the high guy, the third guy, he's getting hooked. No matter what. Yeah. What she did, he just looks for that guy out in the middle and just, what? Brett well, Manet took one. Got out there then. <laughs> Get her. Brett, uh, Brett had full on, uh, not a case of blue balls for the whole CFR, but a case of straight black, big swollen balls right through the whole CFR. I think just punted him right in the ball sack. Poor guy. So. That's what I said when Brett was crouched down in the corner. After that, I walked by. I'm like, you all right? He goes, got me right in the nuts. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, solid. Um, Aaron Roy steps up to the plate. The old boy is obviously showing he's not going to back down. I didn't see Yorkton. Coverchuk gets hurt in Saskatoon, which then leads us to having Coverchuk hurt, Butters hurt, Nick Tets hurt. But you guys can fill it in. Can you not? Is Tets back? Is he sore? How do oh, you yeah. look in Yorkton? Yeah, he's full he looks, back. He's he's still a little tender, but you can tell Nick's been been riding at a different level and when i say that i mean um in regards to his pbr teams and getting on those kind of caliber bulls those bulls i thought were uh almost a day off um so you know, i expect Chico, right yeah yeah, yeah. that's one of a one of that our bulls coming ones. out of nowhere yeah. like that bulls i've got him 
I've got him in the TV pen, but I don't know if he couldn't have went into Saturday nights or sorry Friday nights pen in yeah. the you know he's a bucker pen. and he's tough. Buck Dalen off in in Saskatoon in the five. Yeah, five. he was good there. He was really good. Um, it's a Rico bull, calf. Out of, yeah, another bull is that Silver Creek is. Uh, that's um, a bucker and it's fucking guy. hot too. He'll, that's an old he'll, Canadian. He'll, he'll pitch a tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Canada, John Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he got on? <laughs> and uh, under. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. And under. He's got me like three times this year, too. Yeah, he means it. Uh, we gotta give a shout out to Chico Tyler Panquitz, part owner in that bull, too. We'd be a mess if we uh didn't mention that. Um yes, so that is kind of wraps up Saskatoon. I thought, yeah, great overall, nice kind of the hometowner. Yorkton, uh, Connor Alverson is the story there. Bumps into the finals by one point over top of Weston Davidson, which sucks for Weston. Good for Connor. The way this bull riding world goes and shows that every point counts. One point, I think, is what uh, what did it. I know Butters. One point. Is... Wasn't point it one point? Six, six. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Not point even six, point. six points. You know, it... I mentioned this on a previous pod, Australia's championship and bonus last year, which is a considerable more amount of money this year, which Macaulay leather just won that, that whole title was determined by two and a half points. So, um, you know, everybody can get excited about tier one or tier two events, but those tier three events, they add up, you know, you can definitely, it it all counts. So what, what bites Weston in the ass is not taking his re-ride yeah, with a 70 point score. If yeah. if you have an inferior bull and you get a score of 70, anything in the 70s, you get that seven points along with your round points. But if you decline a re-ride, you do not get those points. That would oh, okay. So wow. he needed or to he take that re-ride and get an 80 right. plus score. Yeah. Now, one other thing I I do have to bring up with competition is you can get an 80 two like connor halverson did and the bull stumbles and get a re-ride and lose those points so i there needs to be you know if you're in the anytime there's a re-ride yeah because it goes back probably to making sure the right guy wins a utb world title but if they can keep a 56 in pbr teams you should be able to keep a freaking 60 in the pbr i I don't you can't have your cake and eat it too there's got to be consistency there you know it's a businessman's decision and when there's this kind of money on the line you should be entitled to make that decision and it doesn't cost you now i understand you can stay in the average but they don't award six points for a 60 it's seven eight and nine 70s get a seven 80 point scores get a nine like you oh, no shit. That's, I didn't even know that. well for edmonton you get four 80s that's 32 extra points that's more than what a um, that's more than what you'd probably earn at a tier three event, mm-hmm. well, unless you're winning up. it and sweeping it. So, so the yeah, bottom line is, uh, though, he should have he should have taken that re ride roll to right? Was correct. this in Yorkton? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I think Weston was just um, probably just holy, sh- you know, taking Trying taking to everything. On the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just like okay, I can get there. You yeah. know, Halverson's got to win. You know, what's the chances? Well, yeah. well, we see what the chances are now. Yeah. And to back that up, Weston, I looked at the events that he has gone to this year. That he's been going to a lot. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he, yeah, he was all in all year. 
yeah 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 unfortunate he's the first alternate and um i we've got to an alternate every year it's yeah. a grind too you know after friday night some guys are banged oh, up yeah. and sore um but it's a little different story now this year like Kavarchuk told me he didn't care how his hand felt. He'll be hanging on and he'll run. He, he, he asked me for a couple gloves for Edmonton. He said, maybe bring me some, uh, maybe bring me some rights too, because for a hundred grand, I'll be getting on. Well, Either on, on hand. That, yeah. On that note, I talked to uh cover Chuck CC rider there on Friday night after he rode in Yorkton. And I said, man, I, I had some money on the line that you were going to switch hands right off the bat. Like I thought he'd come in there switching hands. Yeah. How did it look in Yorkton? Yeah. yeah. Pretty, I asked, he made some, I asked you know him. what? Cover Chuck hustled and made some bull rides on some, just not for big scores, but bulls. He had to make some bull riding yeah. moves on to stay on. Um, where I think in July, you might've just said to hell with it and check out, which I don't agree yeah. with, but you know what? I've seen him, not him. I shouldn't put it in, in that context. I've seen a lot of bull rides in my lifetime and sometimes guys actually, you know, speaking of guys that just sometimes say, screw it, Tanner Byrne, you know, remember North Battleford back in the days, you know, like why am I hey, here? I didn't say, no, I didn't say screw it on the back of him. I said screw it before I showed up a lot of the time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, when I was on the back of him, I was ended up underneath him most of the time. <laughs> But, but Cody, you Cody, know what? Cody I did... thought there was some app real effort put out in Yorkton. Um, and we emphasized it at the start of the event, Robert Schmidt and I, on Saturday night, what was on the line in Yorkton for the points. It was a forehead with an average. Um, so there's plenty of points. You know, number one, Connor Halverson trying to make it into finals that pays 125000 The average pays well over $30,000 in, in Edmonton. So, um, you know, like, again, if you sweep that, that's forty-seven, forty-eight thousand dollars in, in average money and round money right there. And then the title with, uh, butters out, Coy competing, Wyatt Gleason, pig doesn't show up, Jordan Hansen. Those are all guys that have a shot at it right now. So it was, it was advantage bull rider for cover Chuck Tets, and Aaron Roy, Aaron, and they yeah. all got some bulls covered and, and gained some ground. So uh, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting – I'm glad Casey's going to be there with her calculator. Yeah. Oh, shit. The last two years we've talked about the the race and how tight it's been and the storyline and all that kind of shit. But this year I think is is the most intense – it's going to be the most intense two days in – the last three years at Edmonton, mm -hmm. for sure. And that added money throws that. Yes, yeah, I just like, I sure. tenor. That makes the difference right there. Yeah. yeah. Gives them guys an incentive. It's a lot of money. Set you up. So with that, let's get into it then, motherfuckers. Okay. Uh, um, sorry to tell you, uh, but I think I win the regular season due to the did fact. Did you say cover check or Tets? I said Coy Robbins. Who and did I say? You said Brock. And Scott yeah. Brock Radford and Scott said Griffin Smeltzer. So so I think I won the regular season. Yeah. Um and then Bulls. Uh, yeah, okay. Scott had Deep Creek. I don't know if he's in the running or not. Mm, nope. I had Hebes Hooch. And Jason had Happy Camper. Is Happy Camper in the running or did he not have enough yeah. events? If He'd he no, nope. he 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 has 
I think it's going to be a two bull race between Built Tough and and uh, Langham Kid. Now, Happy Camper's right there, though. Is Blue Magic not in there? Yeah, but I don't know if he's got. He does have a chance. Points. Okay, sure well, let's start with this. Uh, you know let's what? Start with bull. Let's start with bull riders. Who do you feel like is going to win the finals? Come into Edmonton and take the finals. So remember now, we've got the top seventeen guys. It goes down to Connor Halverson, uh, and then we get invites of the two Aussies. And then Dalen Swearingen and Silvano Alves are also invites as world champions, right? Yeah. So you got those guys in the mix. So your finals champion could be different than your Canadian champion, obviously. Who do you guys feel is going to come into Edmonton and okay, I'll pick, win the finals? I'll pick first or second on this, but I'll pick last on just because. Oh, what? I don't on the Bulls you'll take last? The what? <laughs> Oh, the Bulls you'll pick last? No, you can pick first. You pick first on your finals champion. On the finals champion? Never yeah. want to bet against these world champions coming. Dalen's won it before. Silvano is, I don't know, he's at, he's acting like he's 23 again. Yeah. Finals champion. I'm going to go have to bet against Jared Parsonage. He doesn't fall off. Just because of injuries? I'm going to go with Jordan Hansen just because Jordan yeah, Hansen I'm... has been the hot hand at the PBRs, especially the last two cups. There you go. Good pick. Scotty Barnes, finals champ. I think I'm going to go with Dalen. Good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it was an honorable mention for me. I thought you were going to wait. Dalen. I thought you were going to wait. Um, well, it's, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Jared Parsonage. Yeah, he's gonna stay. Yeah, he's gonna stay. Corey Robbins on, didn't uh, have the CFR. I'm sure he was hoping for. I think nope. he's. I think he's going to. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that we gotta contend with. And don't count out Garrett Green. He no, it's hard. On it. Any of these guys, you know, Jake Gardner. Fuck me. Like any well, of these guys, guys are that picking. are in there. Jake Gardner's red. You said it. Yeah, pig. Like he, he probably won't buck what, him off yeah. either. What's know? what's Gardner's? What's Jake Gardner riding into his hand? What's his riding percentage? Into his hand was like eighty something percent. Was it throughout halfway through the year? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, like and then you got the only reason he stay away. I stayed away from Tets, Covered Chuck, and Butter is just that injury. Just you never know how yeah. it's gonna go over the four over four bulls. Right, might be good for a couple. We'll see how it goes. And, and then, then after round like one, say, these guys, these guys are picking. They're picking bulls. So. Aaron Roy, Coy Robbins, fuck yeah, you can't go wrong with any of these guys, top guys in our country, and then some of the top guys in the world. So yeah, hey, we gotta stick champ. with them. National Who's champ, gonna, boys. National champ, you guys go ahead. National champ. Um, I picked last, so I'll pick first. Oh, it's hard to bet against Conor Chuck though. He always steps her up and fucking pulls it off. Comes out of the blue. National champion, back-to-back, Nick Tetz for me. Okay. Scott? I like it. like it. I am going to go with the kid that is real good at CFR and I think he's got the right attitude and he's stylish. I'm going to go with Wyatt. Ooh. Wyatt Gleason. Wyatt Gleason. Yep. Yeah, there you go. So Wyatt is 222.33 points out. So he definitely needs to move in the rounds and the average pays 200. So Scott... You know what? Your odds, man. You should actually get paid if you get this one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's gonna come a fucking spur. Well, you. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's good. Boy, be good watching. Boy, boy, boy. Okay, Jason. 
Cover check. Cover check. Yep. There you yeah. go. Not just because he's number one, but uh, I saw something. Number one. Yeah. I saw something different in Cover Chuck in Yorkton, nice. and uh, he's dialed. He, he is dialed. dialed. Yeah, that'll be good to watch. Okay, so that's good. I like those picks. Uh, Jared Parsonage comes right to the whistle on Chester, the Peel Bowl of the Year in the CPRA. To win it. To win the whole thing there last weekend. So I watched that. That was the Buccaneer Bowl in the pen by a mile. So No, not by a mile. I shouldn't say that. Well, that Edgar but ride was, a was legit. On the yeah. big gray? Well, if Edgar was only... On Russ Bucket. Well, no, Russ no, Bucket was like night one ball. on the big gray. Yeah, Devil's oh. Advocate. That was a good boy. So would he get an 89? 89, yeah. Okay. And then they give Coy an 82 and a half on Sunday on that jump kicker. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Are we jumping Edgar's to amateur was... hour right? Are we going to amateur hour right now? No, but we'll save that, that one. I like that. I will let, you can use that one because I don't have anything lined up. So that's a good one for amateur hour. Who was the officials? Should we drop names? Okay, Bulls. I have no idea. <laughs> we'll do the know. Bulls first before we get to it. Bowl of the year. Who do you think? Is the Bowl of the finals gets the 10,000 or it's the Bowl of the year that gets Bowl of the, the year. Bowl of the finals gets 2,500. And what's it based on? It's based on their trips at cup events during the year and their trip yeah. at the finals? Yes. And they correct. have to have five trips. That is one thing. Five trips total throughout the year. Yeah. Okay. So you got Built Tough, Langham Kid, Happy Camper, The Remedy, Blue Magic. Yeah, there's a bunch in there. Just For all the well, there's a up. there's potentially a ton of bowl of the final candidates. Yeah. yeah. Bowl of the years though. Okay. Uh Jason, you can take the cake first on the bulls. Well, I'm gonna go with I'm going to go Langham Kid or Bill Tough. For Bowl of the Finals, I'm going Bill Tough. Jim Thompson's. Bill Tough. That's a good one. The only thing with him is the shoot procedure sometimes. Yes, they, they I know. I might have, yeah, it decreased but, my odds right there. But I think he is, yeah, he's a, that's a bucking bastard, full on. Scotty Burnt? This is Bowl of the Finals? Well, it's all one. We're going to do it all, all one. one. Okay, yep. cool. Um, well, I'm gonna have to go with uh, old Happy Camper. What the hell, you know? There what? you go, Happy. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna step he's right. Gonna bring well, in. you're like me. Not it's not shoot procedure though. If he's gonna be good to go, that bull we haven't seen since. Yeah, has it been London? Yeah, it's been a while. Been He'll a be fine. London, Ontario. He Pinoka. He's a gamer. That's He'll yeah, always he be ready. Okay, Langham Kid or Blue Magic for me. I'm going to go uh, Blue Magic. He's the hot hand right now and has been full-on bucking. And they've been liking him. Blue Magic. That bull freaking buck twice at the CFR. He's like a big longhorn. He's got a big long neck and fucking whips it around there. It's a bucker. He's coming into his own, settled down quite a bit. That's a real deal bucking bull right there, boys and girls. But Langham Kid, eight, eight times this year, has been the bull of the event so that's tough to bet against Langham kid i just think he's a lot nicer than the other ones but okay there's our picks boys and with that we should probably do an ad read is what we should do for riverside dodge our buddies at riverside dodge riverside dodge of prince albert saskatchewan is home of the award-winning ram truck they're the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. 
Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in Northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across Western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner, Jason, or Scott sent you. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFB podcast. Got to give a shout out to those guys. What a year they've had. The NFB wagon been going up and down the road. Hauled one of the top pulls to Yorkton there last weekend. Money moves. Don't know if you guys seen that or not. Put a pretty good cowboy on the ground. What a bucker. So uh, Riverside Dodge, shout out to those guys. Scott, your truck's still been good? Yeah, pretty good. Got no complaints. It's headed west again tomorrow. Uh, and then back home, and then Tuesday heading west again. So it's gonna get some Where are you miles on. I got to drop uh, horse off and holes and check out Braden at the BRC finals. Oh yeah, there you go, Sylvan Lake yeah. BRC finals. Braden's ready to rock for those. Yep. CFR updates, guys. There was quite a bit of uh, up in the air thoughts and uh, feelings. Towards that being the last year in Red Deer, as I was in the uh, in the dressing room there, uh, I thought that everybody would be very gung-ho and be ready to go for it, but there was a lot of people that were not too happy that it was moving. Everybody seemed to have been liking it in Red Deer. What are your guys' thoughts on the whole situation? <laughs> Jason, you want to ask me my thoughts? Yeah. We're both muted, well, do you want to but... wait till amateur hour? Because that's <laughs> where that belongs for me. Just drop, um, just drop a finals in thirty days before another one. Who was the genius in that? Well, that's two amateur hours you got now. So, yeah, <laughs> guys, boy, and they're all coming back to the same thing almost. <laughs> well, my thoughts are: I've heard the same thing that a lot of people aren't super stoked about it going to Edmonton. Um, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with. Uh, you know, the CFR has got an older crowd, the six-pack crowd or whatever you want to call it, but just getting downtown and hotels and everything else, I don't know. I think everybody got pretty comfortable right there. Red Deer was a little bit more quaint, for lack of a better term, I guess, but uh, I don't know. It's they got to pack a lot of people in that building, I've heard, every night, so hopefully it happens and, or it doesn't, whatever. So we'll see. Cool. Mm, yep yeah it'll be uh i know on their standpoint of it like if you're gonna try to go bigger and better that's the place to be i know our finals there in edmonton is as good as you get and we'll see how that goes for them but uh, it surprised me i thought that they, everybody would be very excited and the backing that they have government funded and all that stuff that everybody would be really juiced about going to rogers place well, they should go they should you know go they're saying? paying their taxes they might as well go collect <laughs> The Saskatchewan guys and Manitoba guys, they're the BC, they're the ones really benefit. They're going in and taking the Alberta contestants tax money. I, I do agree that it does royal it's going in exactly a month before um the PBR finals. But nothing so, you can do about it now, I guess. Jason, well you can go back to an amateur hour if you want. You can have a rant here pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta give some updates because 3D athlete Zeke Thurston does exactly what he does and goes ahead and wins himself his fourth Canadian title. Bucks off round one. What you want to talk about yeah. drama and everybody like what is wrong? What has happened to Zeke? Is that the first horse Zeke got a zero on this year? I don't I think I've never seen him get bucked off. It was pretty wild, actually, to see. It's like, whoa, fuck. I want to say I saw him once at the NFR get bucked off, maybe. Get but off. I got to ask him that, even. He's yeah. always in the average at the CFR. Oh, yeah, every year. 
Well, he still was even with a buck off. He was still yeah. in that average because he, I think he won every round after that, except for one. I think he got second in one round. So you know, we talked about that average. We I think we've mentioned this last year. The seven-time champ of the world, Stetson Wright, mm-hmm. could have beat Jim Sharp's average score with an eighty-six and a half or better score, and oh, he would nine. have only rode nine bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty fucking cool, actually. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And it's, yeah, I think it was a Moxable that bucked him off too. Dang it! You know what? Round. The Moxables back there in in uh, Edmonton. Tell you that much. There were some good ones. Actually, the the oh Willie sends bulls. me videos lots. He's yep. always checking in to see if I need bulls. He's and my me. and my answer is always Willie. I don't need bulls. I need bull riders. If you can send me some of, the, if you can send me five riders with your five bulls, I'm all in. <laughs> and five uh, new riders, not five of ours. Get me five new ones. New hey, guy. there you go, CPRA stock contractors that don't come to PBRs. Bring me five new bull riders, and you can bring the five bulls. Fine. You know what? There is going to be some new guys. There's some young guys that are entered up for Lloyd. I've talked about four of them now, wondering how they get entered up. So we're going to have some good young guys, Gage Ellis, Marshall Sanger, full crew of these young guys. Marshall here. turned out of uh, Yorkton. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, hopefully they're going to roll to Lloyd. But he's, and get I, for yeah, let's year. not get him in that habit already as a rookie. <laughs> the turnouts, no, let's not do that. Not up to start. There, there is though. All, all seriousness, there is a good crop of kids coming up. Yeah, so even Chad the Switzer, riders, Chad Switzer fuck, too. Um, yeah, Chad Switzer, what a performance in Saskatoon, Saskatoon. and then again, he made a nice bull ride. A couple of good bull ride, two in Yorkton, maybe one for sure. Yeah, it's good. He's the same. Yep. He just doesn't go to a whole bunch of them. So. Fucking yeah. kid rides good too, but yeah, we got a good group of young guys coming up. Like I said, Scott with the steer riders too. Most of them riding one handed, and they were smashing out eighty point rides on these fucking cows at the CFR. Which holy Christ, cow riding! My God, just get fucking wiped out. Peacock got wiped out three times freaking day one. The cows, those things. Peacock did the old TJ Baird getting wiped out in the cow riding. <laughs> yeah. that, that cow riding, that, that cow riding, tumbling for a oh. A professional bullfighter. It's humbling. Especially when they just run to the middle of the arena and then just put their head up in the air and just ready to fucking cut you off and hook your ass at the ankles, mind you. Not even in the chest. Like calving time at at Flying Four, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Edgar dominates. Edgar DeRozo, shout out to him. What a a performance he had. Rides a lot of those bulls that, you know, either way too. Edgar lots of times has some trouble away from his hand. Fucking style them out. Look great all weekend. Uh, the bareback riders, we wiped most of them out. Shout out to those guys for uh, trying <laughs> to keep going. Holy fuck, I think there's eight guys the last day. Ah, that's a tough sport. Jeez. How many in each event? Did they go with 12? 12 in each event, yeah. Yeah, 12 in each event. Um, Yeah, so that kind of wraps up. That was a good weekend. I had my wife and child with me, so I didn't even have a hangover one day, which was pretty wild. And, Come on. Uh, not one fucking day, dude. We were Take that hat off. We were healthy and awesome, and I had a great time. And I, yeah. you know, lasted <laughs> through it. Precock had to step out of a couple of perfs due to injuries. Got some broken ribs and bunged up long, and some. Uh, well, I got knocked out on day one too. Got a concussion, pretty bad one too. So uh, he took a few days off throughout here and there, but uh, still stayed in the fight and did good when he came back. And then me and Brett held held ground for the rest of it. So uh, she was a busy week for. Uh, for us as the bullfighters, but went good. Um, with that, I think we've kind of got everything wrapped up of what's gone on. 
Okay, and time for our segments. Our Sunday scaries. Our full pro, our amateur hour, boys. Show me making dudes jump back. Life in the fast lane. Life in the fast lane. Everything on the day. Life in the fast lane. Okay, first one. Uh, Jason, your amateur hour will be this week of finals going against each other. Our two major Canadian finals. Uh, the CFR then pops one month before the PBR Canada finals, both in the exact same place, fighting over the same crew of people that uh, are usually going to buy the ticket. Should be some different ones. We'll see. Um I know you don't want to touch on it. You want to leave that be. So yeah, we'll just leave that. That's going to be uh, our amateur hour of the week is uh, our two major finals having to uh, pretty much go head to head at the end of the year. Full pro. I like this one, boys. I'm going to take this one. It is going to be Carter Sully. Carter Sully is going to get my full pro of the week. Uh, he steps up to the plate. There's been some issues uh, in their circle around that Red Deer area. I have some guys taking on some cowboys and and uh, doing some mean things to them. And uh, Carter Sully is not afraid to uh, to put his fists to work and uh, make sure nobody messes with uh, the Western lifestyle folks. Twice now he's he's uh, he's had to uh, step up to the plate, and I guess he's pretty salty. So there we go. Carter Sully's getting full pro for not letting anybody mess with uh, – Mess with any bull riders or any uh any cowboys. Uh he'll take uh he'll take take them down. So shout out Carter, full pro. Sunday Scaries is going to go to the Sundays, mostly the Mondays, I guess it is. When you wake up, CFR, uh everybody goes on the party buses and you rip it up Sunday after the final perf is done. Uh, the scaries come that next morning. Usually the only the scaries come when you don't have a good finals. If you have a good finals, it doesn't matter because you're cashed up and you're just rolling still and having fun and you get to go home. Uh, but those scaries would be when, uh, you know, you've, you've had a shit week. You're just trying to drown your sorrows away on the Sunday. All your buddies are cashed up. You've seen them win all week. You wake up on the Monday, hungover, feeling like shit. With no money in your pocket, so uh, at least you made the CFR, though, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's the that's the Monday scaries for the week. Uh, one shout-out that we do got to give today, uh, November 9th, the birthday of Ty Bazabon. Got to give a shout-out to uh, our, our good friend. We talk about him lots on this show. Always a tough time, tough time of year. Um, but, uh, yeah, thinking about uh, Luke and Leanne and all Ty's friends, the the numerous amounts of, of friends that he had, everybody out there. So uh, we love you, Ty. We miss you. We wish we were celebrating your 32nd birthday right now here with you. But uh, I know that you'll be having fun up there. So love you, Ty. We miss you. Uh, moving forward, a couple of shout-outs we got to give is uh, our guy, well, my guy, Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing from Friends, passes away. Do you guys see this? Were you guys Friends fans? Oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston fans. Yeah, yeah. Courtney Cox. Yeah. Oh, Courtney I grew Cox, up. Too. Fuck, did I love fucking Friends, dude? I wouldn't fuck with my day. Saskatoon. We came back to the hotel after night one, seeing the news. Jesus, it's my guy, Chandler Bing. So shout out to him. Made a lot of people happy throughout the years. That's too bad. Hey, he do you know up. he beat up Trudeau? Yeah, exactly. It's cool. Should have had so him on the pod. I wasn't as big of a fan, but after I heard that, I was like, yeah, nice. Right on. I like this guy. 
Yeah, gosh darn it all. So you just never know. That's why you always wear your life jacket in the hot tub. Fuck <laughs> Christ. Too soon. Too soon. Never too soon. That's the uh, truth. I'm just speaking it. Poor guy, too, like battled heavy addiction nine times. Yeah. You went to rehab. I think it was some somewhere around like nine million dollars he spent trying to get her together and couldn't. I see said, that. Said he was making twenty million dollars a year in residuals from friends. Yeah. Like it just goes to show, right? Whatever. I I seen a uh, interview he did here lately, and it said uh, you can see his stages of addiction throughout all the friends if you watch it, where he was really heavy and overweight. That's when he was just going hard on the alcohol, where uh, he was skinny and whatever was where he was going. Part uh, of the Peruvian marching powder. Okay. You know, well, so I guess one, one, season, one season kind of ended as a to be continued. Yeah. You know, like, so it yeah. rolled right into the next season and his character changed. Like, it was like, uh oh. Uh oh. That is, if you would have watched those two episodes back to back, you wouldn't have recognized him. Ah. They used to, they let him out of, he'd leave rehab for four or five hours every day just to record or, video yeah. or whatever they call it that business um and then go Jesus. right back to yeah yeah tough life <sighs> tough life yeah so shout out chandler matthew perry gosh darn it um there's a lane frost documentary that's coming out there's been a bunch of stuff but she's been a hype uh, all over the internet that looks pretty cool i want to get my eyes on that see what it's all about that crew did did that um so that'll be kind of fun to see lane frost documentary and then the hockey player that was killed did you guys see yeah. that oh my mm-hmm. god Ah. I've never seen it. I don't want to see it. No, don't. Holy fuck. That is horrific. So, uh, yeah, hockey players, take care of yourself. I think net guards are coming into play. Sounds like, hey, Jason, yeah. some of the guys are yeah. going to be wearing Junior them. hockey. I was at the Blades-Pats game on Sunday. They're all wearing them. Yeah. Oh, they are. Mandatory. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah. So, skate, for those that haven't seen it, skate comes up and cuts the throat of a professional hockey player in Europe. And, uh, yeah, he passed away. And they cleared the arena on horrific scene. And oof, that's not the way that you'd think you'd go out playing the game you love in hockey. So, yeah, hopefully that we can get some of that going on. We always wear neck guards as kids, too. And then you take them off as you get older, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. Just like masks and visors. Everybody wears them as a kid, and then you take them off. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then the last shout-out is... Remembrance Day. That is coming up while we are away. We're going to be, this weekend is Remembrance Day. So, yeah. Get your poppies on, kids. Poppies on, yeah. And do some research, younger younger generations of what Remembrance Day is. You hear a lot of people that, you know, most of our World War II veterans now have passed away. And so it's not as big in the news and stuff, right? With, if you don't get to see all these guys in person, but it's for all veterans that have served at all times. So a uh, huge holiday. And those are the people that made this country what it is and show your respect, wear your poppy, um, show your respects, November 11th for the ones that fought Scott, our grandfather, one of those world war two veterans that has now passed as well. Um, and for us, it's super relevant and you jason your guys' generation right you're right in the battle of it right in the heat of knowing these guys and what they went through and you know like my dad right when they after they come home and all that sort of stuff right so uh yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to the younger generation to know the importance and what those guys sacrificed and men and women both sacrificed to uh make sure that we could live that the way we want to live those guys did do 
the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be who we are. And on that note, I listened to a thing the other day, the legions, the legions that uh, all these veterans go to and enjoy and whatever else they're kind of, they're, they're hurting a little bit and they need memberships and stuff. So uh, I know Reagan and myself are going to join a legion here in, in the Brandon area and, and uh, support. So uh, anybody that's thinking about it or whatever should uh, buy a membership, go be able to sit in the legion and have a cold beer or whatever you want to do. They're Perfect. cool places. So, yeah. Fucking right. Yeah, no, it's good. So yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to that and uh, thinking of yeah everybody in that. With that, guys. Uh, we'll throw to our interview with uh, Matt Triplett. I don't think we mentioned that, but we do have Triplett. Jason wasn't with us for the interview. No, that one. one sucked. I wanted to, sorry, Matt. I uh, Just finals time here. I was bogged down big time. But uh, Matt Triplett, just like previous guests, Stetson Lawrence, a lot of Canadian bull riding events back before he became famous pbr utb rider uh yeah he was a fixture up here matt he really was oh, yeah. him yeah. shopper you know ross lewis go back to jay palkey those guys that live on the yeah. 49th like Mobile. they were yeah we had we had those guys lots yeah, yeah you could and you couldn't really relax around triplet he was always trying to fucking mess with you in some way somehow but good yeah kid. Yeah, yeah, kid. We talk about it on there. His intensity, Scott gives it to him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Intensity, intensities. But uh, yeah, a lot of history with Triplet over the years, and uh, it's a fun interview. He just announced his retirement from bull riding, so we figured we should get him on to chat about it. We'll probably get him back at a later date too, once it all kind of sets in and he starts remembering the memories of his whole career because it was truly a world class bull riding career where he was in the world. Uh, world title races and some of the best rides in history and yeah he was a, a stud so um yeah we'll throw it to that interview right away that is brought to you by hooked up enterprises for the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations get hooked up hooked up enterprises is a creative partner for western sports and beyond providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. With that, fellas, PBR Canada Finals. We'll be back after that to fill everybody in on how it went. Tune in. Looking forward to those. Pause upon banquet, get your tickets, couple tables still available, silent auction items, we'll take them all. Um, it's gonna be a great night. Macaulay yeah, Leather. What? Macaulay Leather, what a name. <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck it. Right? I can't wait no, to that's meet a bull ride name. What right a fucking hell. I love it. Okay, yeah, is our interview with Matt Trippa. This guy may really make a run right here. This is a heck of a bull ride. Holy cow! Wow! Whoa! Are oh you kidding me? Wow. Folks, I'm going to tell you what, they don't make them much better than that right there. Matt Triplett just dominating. Show you everything that you wanted to see in this bull ride. As we watch this replay back, Chicago, you're going to love this. This is the highest score of the weekend, 90 and three-quarter points. 
That, hey, that's, He's got it all. Let me tell you He's something. That is the real deal right there. 14 straight buck-offs. We'll see if Triplett can swing the pendulum to the writer's column. Matt Triplett means business. He's going to move to the lead. And on a week when Triplett knew he had to come in and have the drive, he's had it all. 92 points. Our guest today is a seven-time PBR World Finals qualifier with over $1.4 million in earnings and eight wins on the Premier Series. He's classified as a top-tier rider in bull riding history. A PBR Team Series World Champion with the Nashville Stampede. You've seen him on Family Feud, Wild and Out, and many more media appearances. Now making his home in South Dakota by way of Montana, it's our friend, Mr. Matt Triplett. Triplett, how are you doing, hey, hey. I'm I'm good. How are you guys this morning? I'm 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 just super excited to be on this podcast. I'm I'm ready for it. Heck yeah, we're fired up to have you, man. It's been a long time coming. And with the recent news of the announcement of retirement from the sport of bow riding, which a couple of clicks, big big round of applause, buddy. That's fucking awesome. But uh, we figured we better get you on here and chat with you. So uh what's up? What's going down? Where where we got yeah? Yeah, I'm in I'm in South Dakota right now. Um, I did recently decide to retire. A lot of that had to do with one, just getting kind of old, and two, you know how it is. You have some some kids, and uh, that that changes your whole life. It uh, it makes you not be so selfish. And, and in our game, you got to be selfish. And when you have a little girl or a boy, whatever the case may be, it, it changes your whole life perspective. And uh, I just for her, I wanted to retire and be able to still walk and take care of her and so that that was kind of the decision behind that yeah was it was it one of those things like in the locker room even near the end there it was just like a different feeling you know like I know for myself it was just like Scott you could probably attest to it too and even just leaving home and being away from him you, everybody, yeah. everybody talks like it's not it won't change you you know you just keep rolling but fuck it changes everything huh oh it changes everything like you just you you go to the events but you're not there you're you're wanting to be at home you're not fully tuned into what you need to do and when you're riding bulls and even fighting bulls whatever the case may be you have to be 100 percent zoned in because this is something that can take your life away and when you're not tuned in i mean that's when you start stumbling making little mistakes that you just shouldn't make it's almost like the locker room becomes just a mumbling mess like you know you hear stuff going on but you you really just don't give a shit anymore, right? A hundred percent. You're just you're just sitting there, just wait, just going through the motions instead of making the motions your own. You're just sitting there, just it's it's not the same. You're not doing everything at a hundred percent. Yeah, well, buddy, you you uh you nailed it. Like it was a great uh, great career, seven world finals appearances, and then a couple of those right with injury involved and all that sort of stuff too. But uh, just got to tell you, man, it was pretty cool to watch you and get to be part of the locker room, those world championship runs. All the fun we had up in Canada on top of that before oh, the, the tour days <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It was uh, a great career, one that you can definitely hang your hat on and feel good about, that's for sure. And I hope you yeah. feel that same way. Oh, and for yes, people sir, that, yeah. And, yeah, and for people that don't know, you spent a lot of time in Canada. You were like our second son, man. I'd see you lots during the summer for sure, and it, it was cool to – be able to watch you were an intense guy too right when you were in the oh, zone yeah. you were you were in the zone and i think that brought a, the morale of a lot of people up behind the shoots and and in front of the shoots as a bullfighter too oh yeah i just loved i mean that's why we do it we love it so much and you put your passion and your whole life into it you just crave it and i love putting emotion behind it all that just shows you love it and 
you know, coming to Canada was probably the best thing that I ever did. Bo Hill was, I mean, he was my neighbor, one of the guys I looked up to and an idol. And that's who he's like, triplet, we're going to Canada. I'm taking you. And, and that's what we did. And I, I love Canada. It's probably the best times I ever had in my career. Yeah, not too bad. Okay. <laughs> when I, when I realized like, it was kind of like Lockie Richardson. I remember he came over from Australia and there was like a certain point. I can't remember what bull he rode, but it was like, okay, yeah, he's going to go and be at the top level. And with you, it was when you rode uh fig Jeff. You remember that, right? Right. Fairfax. Right? right. I think it was Fairfax. Right. Or was it Abbotsford? Was it Abbotsford? No, it was Ab- yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Abbotsford. The, right? the little Brendel. Yeah, yeah. was nobody rode. Remember that they were stepping ahead, moving forward, and you were like 18 or 19-ish probably, and you yep. stuck it all over him. It's like, oh, okay, this kid might have a future <laughs> in this sport. Do you remember that ride, though, that double? Oh, I remember that to this day because uh, we didn't have, like, we had phones, but it wasn't the same. Like, you could just pull up the video. I had to go on to old, uh, oh, Ted, is it Ted, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Wi-Fi World I went on to his website, and I showed my dad, and I was just so pumped about it, and, it, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So were you growing up? Let's go back to the to the beginning of it before we get into the meat and potatoes of it. But um, growing up in Montana, uh, I know like your dad raised bulls and stuff. And, and I remember Bo Hill talking about it. You were always pretty highly touted and he was always going to try to help you and take you under his wing. But was that the kind of the case for you? Was it just like success from the get go or how'd you get into it? Let's go back to the beginning of uh, of the triplet saga. Oh man, it's it's actually a wild story. I don't I don't really I haven't really told many people about it. My mom and dad, uh, when I was really young, I was eight or nine, they split up, got a divorce, and uh, I was a city boy. I didn't know nothing about bull riding rodeo. I didn't even know what a bull was. And uh, my dad or my mom started dating who I call my dad today, Pat, uh, and he showed me bull riding. And you know, the first year I did it, I I, I loved it, but I was kind of scared. And uh, he made me go get on the shoot fighter, and I cried and cried and said I wasn't going to do it. And he said, well, put your shit in your bag. You're done. You ain't riding bulls. You can't be a pussy. I took a year off, and then he asked me to do it again, and th- that was it. I loved it. I did- he wanted me to get on shoot fighters. I got on them because I knew if I didn't, he'd make me hang it up again. <laughs> Jesus. And then, you know, had success at it from the get go or did it take a while to get figured out? Yeah, you know, I, I did. I blew brought at the blue moon, won a little series there. And there was always a kid that I went up against and he would draw, draw the same steer that just jumped and kicked every single time. And uh, I got on the harder one, if you may. And I didn't win the buckle that year. And right after he got the buckle and he won it, I was like, you know what? Load me a big bull. I'm getting on a big bull just to show this kid I'm better than him. And I made it like four jumps and I was probably the proudest moment I ever had. (laughs) So the, the style that you have too, was that, did you go to any schools being from the city and stuff? Like you're at the front end, like a champ that was like, you know, your, your style, you made them all look really good too, but you took the power away from them all. Like a, a kind of a total different style than a lot of guys. Where'd you learn that? And and was there some schools or is that natural to you? That was my dad. He, uh, he used to ride bulls and he just, you know, preached driving to the front end. That's how you ride the rank ones. And he trained horses when I was younger. So when I was eight years old, uh, he put me, I was, you know, I was his test dummy. So I had to get on all of his Colts because he wasn't getting on when they bucked. And I think, <laughs> honestly, that helped me so much as a bull rider. But I don't like, it made me to where I don't like horses this day because I had to get on them every single day. It wasn't come home, do your homework. It was come home, ride five horses, 
and then do your homework. <laughs> right. Yeah. School yeah. hard knocks, eh? Right. Hard knocks. Yeah, get yeah. your mind right. As you got older, like into high school and all that sort of stuff, were, were you kind of the dog in that sense? I know that you went to the high school finals. You got a cool picture with uh, Outlaw when you guys were pretty young. So, uh, yeah, where was, was you the kind of the, the shit around there? Yeah, uh, I won back-to-back state titles. And then my senior year, I went to a velocity. I got knocked out in the short round, and I couldn't ride my senior year at state, or I probably would have had three. But, you know, all going through high school, that's my dad just preached, if you're going to do this, you got to be the best. So I just started training and doing the little things every day more than the original person would just to try to make myself better. And it just that's what it takes to get to the level. You know, you just got to – work your butt off and do things every day to make yourself better. And if you don't, we're well, going to fall behind. Cause there's so many guys that, you know, that want to be at that level that are working their butt off. You just got to try to work harder than everybody else. Yeah. Scott touched on it too. Like the intensity that, that you had throughout your career and you see different guys and, you know, we've talked to Cooper Davis on this podcast and different people that have had different like game day preparations and the week of preparations. You were always a guy like you showed up in the locker room. It was fucking game on. You did your own thing. You were kind of in the back, maybe having a dart or whatever you had to do to, you know, just to get like right fucking in the zone, almost to the point of like, you know, like you, you stayed away from you, right? Like, cause you were, you were yeah. so in the zone, you were on the back of the shoots, you were firing yourself up. It was game on for you. And you know, you never really cared about like what other people thought, right? There's lots of guys that don't want to do that sort of stuff because they think that people are going to think they're weird. But for you, I know you knew that that's what you needed to do to be at the top level. Is that kind of correct or what you think of it all? Oh, yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. I always told myself, you know, you ain't going to have no plan B because if you have a plan B plan, A ain't going to work. So I just stuck with you do what you do. And that makes you successful and it don't matter what other people think of you because at the end of the day they're they're gonna people are gonna talk shit about you anyways you know no matter what you do if you're at the top if you're at the the bottom no matter what you do so you just got to throw that out the window and just do your own thing and that's that's helped me throughout my whole career well i know i know just as a bullfighter your intensity was the same like when i'd pick up your rope and hand it to you if you bucked off you were intense because the next one was going to get beat if you rode and were 90 that intensity was the same so it didn't matter to you that's where your level was right oh yeah sometimes when i bucked off i might have been a little bit more mad than i should have been but hey (laughs) whatever (laughs) and he loses it look out boys yeah oh no watch out he's throwing his helmet again get out of the way (laughs) yeah it just got to a point where i'd throw your rope to you i wouldn't have it to you hey Pure emotion. Yeah, you definitely uh, you definitely um didn't hide anything, good or bad. It was oh. always out there, right? Yep, yep, yep. What about the backflips? When did they stop? Fuck, we always used to do those when you were a kid. So, yeah, you know, first couple in Canada, I did my backflips, and then here comes Renato Nunez on tour before <laughs> me doing backflips. So I, couldn't, I couldn't take his, you know, his trick. So I was kind of <laughs> bummed about that, but it's probably a good thing because – you know, I probably would have done a backflip one day and rolled my ankle, so it's probably for the better. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Can you still do it? Can you still rip a backflip to this day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I might be a little jealous. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it was fun. You know, the crowd that that was fun to do because the crowd just loved it. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I remember I actually did it. Uh, so 
I rode uh, wild and out to Shane Gunderson's, and uh, I was there in North Dakota, and, you know, I was, I was so pumped and excited that I just did the backflip anyways. <laughs> uh, did you ever have any Renatos where you did it too early and just landed, like, right in front of the bull or beside the bull? No, right no, I, yeah, I didn't kept do it clear? Like uh, I, I made sure I made sure the bull is out of the arena, I think. I don't know. You get so excited. Sometimes I'd get so excited, yeah, I guess I would yeah. just pull backflip and not even <laughs> think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like the worst thing in the world. You throw a backflip after you make a great ride in the bowl, just whop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's out. You make it kind of... Crowd goes from screaming to ooh. ooh. Right? Yeah, not good. Sports yeah. bet. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Did your uh, did your dad always have bulls growing up too? Like, did you have some practice bulls and stuff? He's a big. Co- I don't know if he still is. I'm pretty sure he still is. Yeah. Right, oh, big yeah. contractor, and he had some of the top bulls, and he had bulls on tour and. All across Montana, when we go there, you always had a great set. Was that always something that you grew up with? No, that's uh, so when I started and he seen that I loved it and I really got good at it. Then he built me a practice pen and he just got bulls for me to practice on. And then he kind of was like, well, if my son's going to do it, I'm going to try to raise bulls and become a stock contractor in the PBR. And that's, you know, he fell in love watching me do it. And then he kind of jumped into his own his own stock contractor world and started going with him with, with the bulls and just kind of made that his own deal. And yeah, he's, he, he has a unique uh, ability to read a bull that someone might not have taken as good of care of, or, you know, grain too much, or maybe puts too much flank in him, whatever the case may be, he has a unique ability to read a bull and, and make a bull that might not have been as good to great, like that hammer down. That bull, I think, went to the finals as many times as I did, and that was a bull he got. I, I don't think he spent much money. I don't know what the case is, but he just seen some kind of heart in that bull, and he just has a unique ability to read bulls. It's awesome. Did you ever get on that thing? I did get on hammer down. He bucked me off. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about it, you know? I, 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 again, love you, Dad. right oh i do so there was a in california lockwood drew a bull my dad's awesome he won the round on him i drew him the next day i tell you what he he shit the bit on me ran down the pin and i buck off i was so mad at my dad it wasn't my dad's fault but i just so mad my dad bucked me off again i was like oh i I hate i hated drawing my dad's bulls because it just put that extra little pressure on me because i knew if i buck off him my dad is going to give me shit. He's going to give me a hard time. Yeah. And uh, I did not like that. <laughs> there was a muley, too, that really bucked. He bucked off Renato somewhere. Remember that one? That was like his heater when he first came around. I can't remember what the fuck that thing was. He was a bucker, though. Well, do you remember what color he was? Black, white face. I think he was. Pretty oh, sure he was. Oh, man. He's had so many. And I've, I've yeah. been the one that's never been good with bull names. I can't remember the last bull I got on, so... Oh, I, yeah, even you guys would go to events and be like, hey, I got this bull of your dad's. And I'd go, uh, which one is it again? <laughs> I well, actually, Lon- Lonnie, we we're, we're in Big Sky. I go, oh, yeah, you got this awesome black whatever bull. And he comes in, he's brown and white. And I'm like, oh, whoops. whoops. He goes, man, those are your dad's bulls. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know him that well. <laughs> but but do you bad. think, though, I know that some guys have a gift for remembering colors, names trips how many times they've been out but do you think that's because you were just so intense on your job at hand you, you know it didn't really matter to you what color it was or fake small right. or the otherwise you were gonna no, ride them yeah they i mean at the end of the day a bull has a mind of his own you go and set a trap that he's gonna go right he's gonna go left so my dad always said you know just ride them jump for jump it don't matter what they are what they do 
if you stay in the middle, that's all you got to do. So, yeah, I didn't – I mean, I'd look them up every once in a while, but that wasn't my go-to thing. I didn't need to know what they did. I was just going to ride them for what they were. I like the game plan. <laughs> I like to set the traps, try to know where they were yeah. at. It didn't work all <laughs> the time, but I did like, yeah. like to know what I was getting into a lot of the times. Right. I mean, hey, it does help if, if you're getting on a bull that moves ahead a little bit more. I mean, some of that stuff does help. I ain't going to lie. Everyone knows that, but sure. I don't I, I see it more now from the – I'm retired, obviously, but the job I'm in doing some of this TV stuff, I get to watch these younger guys. I notice it even more that there is those guys that analyze and possibly overanalyze. Right. Um, and then there's the guys like you that didn't matter, jump or jump, whatever, but – it, it is too, it is pretty divided on, on how people handle their, their game, I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. And there's so much video yeah. now too, right? Oh, it, it's easy to find everything. You could, you could go back and find whatever a bull did and just, but it's at the end of the day, it's, it's, if you just do your job, it don't matter what they do. You know, you do your job, you're going to win. If you don't do your job, you're going to buck off. It's pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> How is that on the team series side of things? I bet there's a lot of analytics and those guys trying to match different guys up with different bulls. Did you guys have any say in it or was it just you were told what to do and what to get on and, and you did your job? Yeah, I told Justin, you know, I don't care what I get on. You just throw me on whatever you think I can ride. I never was one that got to pick pick the bulls and pick them for this. You know, maybe I should have, but uh, yeah, no, they they do do that though. The Brazilians on our team would sit back there, Kaiki and Savano, they'd pick the bulls for whatever they thought would uh, – Fit, fit everybody best, but uh, yeah, I didn't care. Just give me one. <laughs> yeah, what was what was it like, man? I I wasn't around for the team stuff. I've been a part of some global cups. The, the team series is obviously a main thing that we talk about on this. But you were a guy similar age to me. What are you? Thirty one, thirty two, thirty two now. Yeah, thirty two. Yeah, so you're you're older than me, but you were around right from all the you know seven years of of the pbr and like the highs and the lows and then into the team stuff we were a part of the championship team the first year of it the inaugural year with the nashville stampede uh but what was it like for you what do you think of the the difference between the the regular series and the team series you're retired now so you can say whatever you want but uh what was it what was it like you know the only thing i did not like about the team series is you go and you have the pbr that goes through a whole year right and that's here you get your world champion well now you can do it in a half year well that defeats the purpose of well what if a guy gets hurt in you know mid-season or what if there's so many things that change the record books now the record books they just wiped clean like they made a whole new record book you're never going to go and break any more records it just i didn't like it like that because bull riding at the end of the day no matter if you're on a team or not it's an individual sport right the team aspect it's fun but it it just took away from the PBR's history. And that's one thing I didn't like about it. But coming together as a team and riding as a team, it made it nice for me being kind of older in my career because you could tap out and say, hey, I'm sore this weekend or tonight I can't ride. Can you put the sub in? So in, in a way, it could make a guy's career maybe last longer. Um, but uh, the pay, I don't think the pay is not as good. There's just some things they need to keep, you know, do you, do, you see, do you see the teams overtaking the UTBs eventually? Do you see that one going away, I guess, would be the best way to put it? 
I would say no, just because of the fact that the PBR is making so much off the individual season, and now they put this team together deal. Now they got two finals, so they're they're basically double making their money. I think so. Why would you take away from what's paying so good? That's that's my aspect look on it. You know, I mean the team deal is cool. The fans can get into it, but you're if you know a corporation like that, if they're making good money on both ends of the of the deal, I don't think they'll take away from it. What was McBride like as a coach? That had to be pretty badass. Oh, that yeah. I mean, McBride was our coach for the two Global Cups that team I was on. I mean, that's the only coach I know, and I, I love Justin. He's one of the nicest guys and best guys you could have as a coach. And you know, you really that's one cool thing about the team deal is you really get a relationship with the guys that you might not have had a relationship with. Um, like some of the Brazilian guys, we got to go to Silvano's house. And I'll tell you what, them guys are the best cooks. You'll eat the best stuff you ever eat at their place. And yeah, you'd learn a lot of their culture as well. You learn, you learn a lot about guys that you didn't know. And, and that made it a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. And you, and you know, you got, got that championship. So it's very new, but does it, you know, does it feel like a world championship or what does it feel like at the end of the year? Just that, a title or i mean yeah you still it's hard the, to say right it's like yeah it, uh, it, it you're not holding the trophy over your head it's not the it's not the same reason i started riding bulls i wanted to be a world champ and i mean you're still technically a world champ but it's in so many ways it's different so no it did not feel like winning the world in the individual side because i mean that's the only thing we knew there was no yeah. team deals when we started riding so that wasn't a thing we were really after we were after being an individual world champ so yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, I was super excited to be a part of the team, but it, it just wasn't the same as winning the world. I don't know what that feeling's like, but yeah, you nailed it. That's all you were programmed to know for so right. many years was being an individual world champion. So it's just about adjusting and and being from single to a team, right? Uh, yeah. Respect. I don't blame you for, for being like, yeah, it's not a world championship <laughs> individual, but it's a team. Right. So. Right. Yeah, and I mean, like the new guys that come in, I feel like right. you know, that's all they'll know. So it'll be so cool yeah. for them, right? We just knew yeah. that other side of things, and and grew up watching Mooney and McBride and those guys, and go on the runs and the second half runs, right? You go through the summer, yeah. who can stay the healthiest, and then you really who had the best second half, and then was the big run into the final, starting at Tulsa. You know, you get accustomed exactly. to something in your head like we did, and it just like a big change is different. But for these new guys and these young guys. That'll be what they know, and it'll be different for them, I bet. Yeah, and, and that's something they can look forward to, not only winning the individual world, well, let's go and win a team deal. And so now they kind of know what they got to adjust to, where, you know, we had, like you said, the summer run, the second half, and that's all we knew. We didn't know about this team stuff. So, we, I mean, it's still at the end of the day, you got to put your hand in the rope and ride the bull, but it's a little different. <laughs> a little different. Okay, well, let's talk about those good old days because uh, there was a lot of fun that uh, – that was had on tour. What year did you did you get on tour? What was the first year you made the the finals? First year I made the finals was 2013. I, I went to an event in 2012, but didn't quite make the finals. But yeah, 13 was the first year I made it. Who was uh, who else was the the rookies that year? What was your rookie class of guys? Oh man, you're you're testing me here. I can't. I don't even remember. That's that's a tough one. I don't know because my rookie year was. So they did it different. My rookie year was 2012 because it was the first event you made it to was your rookie year. Okay. So I, that was, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so when you take, yeah, when you took an event. It wasn't yes, like that when was you... your rookie year. 
And so then they changed it to where it was like the first finals you made was your rookie year. The first five but, events you're on, that was your rookie year. I don't know. They changed things so many times you can't keep up with them. Fair. First time you <laughs> broke into the top 30, I think, or top 35 when I came. 2014, yeah. that was when it when it was. Me and Gage and then J.W. Harris came in. And yeah, a couple events left and fucking whooped our ass. <laughs> but I mean, it was you and like Outlaw and Posse and Jory Marcus. Yep. You guys were like the young crew at the time, right? Yep, yep. That yeah, even I travel with Wild Jory. Yeah, yeah. Where is back, that guy? Back when he was uh, Montana, Montana Marcus. I, yeah, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, I think he's in Idaho or Oregon or something like that right now. Uh, what was it like? What was your what was your crew like? I'm sure you guys probably had some had some fun. <laughs> oh, we had some wild times. Uh, they were all good, but you know the one thing I can rem- remember the best is when I was at my first World Finals, and uh, I always like to set my stuff next to JB just because you I mean hang around the best, be the best. And I looked up to JB, and he's just he's just he was the best. And so I paced and paced and like I always do, maybe a little bit more than normal. And JB said triplet. You're stressing me out, man. Take a chill. Here's a cigarette. Try this Marlboro and take a little shot of Fireball. So I was like, Fireball. I was like, all right, well, whatever. So I took a couple, probably too many, smoked a dart, and I was like, whoa, JB's got me feeling way too good right now. (laughs) And that was when I went out and I rode that Red Bull that basically went straight up and down and came back up. I was like, all right, maybe JB's got got his mixture right, and I need to stick to his plan. (laughs) (laughs) stressing me out man what was that red bull that was the first year of the finals that's when everybody really started like to pay attention like this guy doesn't fuck around right that thing was like straight fell right down and you were upside down and somehow they called it back that you did slap him or that you touched the ground and then yeah yeah and then they re-looked at it and it was like an inch away but you didn't do it still one of the wildest pictures we'll share it online but that had to be a pretty wild moment Fireball. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah, that bull was uh, City Lights. Um, I, I don't remember many bulls, but I do remember that one just because it was so wild. And yeah, that was that was just go back to what my dad always taught me. You don't quit till your head hits the ground. And I mean, I didn't quit on that one. And that was that was that was just all great and try. And that's what this the sport is, is if you just if you try hard and you're willing to not lose it, it, it usually goes your way. Not all the time, but a lot of the times. What was it like hitting that locker room or even like getting to the finals with Mooney and like LJ's around at that time? I think Shivers was still probably riding in, in 2012. All the guys that you looked up to and wanted to be like, was it pretty overwhelming or, or did you feel like you fit right in? Yeah, at first it was a little bit, but uh, you know, when you're going into the velocities and stuff, you kind of prepare yourself for that. But when I first came, uh, the good old boy Luke Snyder, he put his rope right next to me, and that made me feel really good. And he goes, "I'm I'm happy that you're here." And that that was that was probably the coolest moment of seeing a guy that you've watched that actually appreciated you being there. And it was cool just to hear that from him. And that was a, the first event I went to is when Chad Ochocinco's got on a bull. So it's just a lot of a lot of hype for the first event. So it, it, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, there'd have been some guys you knew too, like Aaron and stuff, Canadian guys oh, and different. Yeah, was yeah. Bo on at that time too? No, I don't think, but no, Bo wasn't on. But yeah, Aaron definitely was on, and and that made it nice too because Bo introduced me to him, and so at least I knew a guy or two there, and and that made it a lot a lot better. And then hopped right into like all the the media stuff. You were always you know doing the PR and different work. Was that something that 
you wanted to do and knew that it would help you with sponsors and all that stuff. Obviously, you did pretty good. Were you with Bates? Did you have Bates as an agent? Yeah, I had Bates. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, obviously Stanley and some some big companies, right? You got to be that mainstay. But was it something that you knew you kind of had to put yourself out there to to get all that different stuff, or did it just come pretty natural? Yeah, I think it, it came pretty natural. I enjoyed doing it, and you got a free hotel room and some extra cash, so it's just like, I mean, if they're going to ask me, I might as well do it. And, and it was fun. You got to do some pretty cool things, and so I just, you know, it's good for the, it's a good look for the sponsors that you have, so why not? You know, they're giving you a lot of money and doing a lot for you, so why not try to give back as much as you can to the sponsors that have helped you out? Did you ring the bell at the stock exchange? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah, that's fucking sick. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I did that once, too. That was pretty epic. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to do some of the stuff you had to do wasn't as fun, but it, I mean, it all, it all was like a Walmart meet and greet. That's not right. Oh, yeah. Ringing the bell. Oh, when you sit there for fucking hour Walmart. And, a half and maybe sign three things. Yeah. That was, I, I like, like what the fuck are people. you guys doing? Yeah. I know. Oh, that they, was terrible. They, do, they do some weird stuff sometimes. That's for sure. The 3 a.m. radio calls on the day ofs. Or the TV yeah. fucking interviews when they're calling at two in the morning, and you still haven't gone to bed yet, and you're like, "Fuck, right. come on, <laughs> this might not be a good interview to do right now." I'm still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully, they've changed a lot of the stuff that they did. But remember, it was just like you're a circus monkey that they were putting you right. through. And on game days, I remember Jared oh, Allen coming around, and he's like no, you're not doing that stuff anymore. Like you're not, you're focusing yeah. on the fucking task at hand. I'll pay you more not to do that. <laughs> yeah. And some, okay, of them, yeah. some of them PR ladies got to be cool where they're like, all right, we're not scheduling anything on uh, game day for you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot better. There was a lot of fun too. We were talking about talking to uh, Chase last episode. And he was talking about when him and Reese met up with uh, Afro man. In, in oh, Anaheim. Yeah. It depended. You had to really pick the good ones, right? Like you tried to pick California Definitely. or some of the sweet ones and not some of the fucking shit holes. Right. <laughs> yeah, those ones were the worst. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> so when did uh when did Douglas come into play? I know he's a huge influence on your life and on your career. Um, stood up for you in your wedding, all that stuff, right? And uh, you guys, yep. you always had like somebody with you, right? Like whether it was, you and Gage really rode for a long time there together and stuff. Yep. But you know, you and Douglas have always stayed in touch. Working with them now. When did Douglas come into play with uh, into your life? So when I first kind of got on tour, uh, I really liked uh, the way Douglas handled his career and how he worked out so much and just did the things he did. And uh, I just wanted to. Uh, always surround myself with people that are going to push me and Douglas pushed me hard. He, he took me under his wing. We started doing yoga together. He'd do yoga and then he'd do a boxing class and we just worked out really good together and just pushed each other really hard. And yeah, he just helped me out throughout my whole career. And then now in my second half of my new career, he's helped me out now again. So it's just you know, a good guy to have in your corner. Yeah, fill us in on that. What do you got going on now? You've retired, and and you and Douglas are kind of in business together in a sense. But uh, give yourself a little plug here. What do we got going on? Yeah, so uh, we started uh, working for a national, nationwide uh, construction company, and uh, just uh, getting on roofs, doing inspections, and and we're also offering solar panels as well. So it's it's a good gig. It's it's been fun getting on 
big buildings that are way up there kind of gets me that adrenaline rush like I'm getting on a bull kind of nervous getting up that ladder and stuff so <laughs> it makes it kind of fun <laughs> uh, that's what I said I'm not Jake from State Farm but we'll right. <laughs> that's awesome yeah okay well Phyllis and I know uh I know that you may have a hunting story with uh with Douglas that he told me to ask you about let's let's hear this one. Oh, so me and Jory we went and stayed at the Rednecks with Paychecks, and Douglas decided he was going to take us hunting. Night before, we might have been drinking a little bit, a lot of bit. Wake <laughs> up at bit. five in the morning. It's a cold, cold morning. We're all getting our stuff on, getting ready to go out the door. Douglas randomly sets the gun by the door, right? And didn't tell nobody. I saw him do it, though, so it is my fault. Didn't tell nobody. We get everything gathered up, and we go out to our hunting spot, right? We're sitting there. It's about daylight. Douglas whispers and he goes, all right, Matt, you're going to set the gun right here on this tree limb and you're going to have a rest. So when this buck comes out, you'll be ready to shoot it. And I just, I I pause for a second, look around and I go, Douglas, what gun? And he goes, what the, what? (laughs) Just loud as shit. It is cold this morning. He goes, you forgot the gun? I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I did forget the gun. Actually, Douglas, oh, he's pissed. He's like, let's get, let's go have breakfast. This is bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> i felt oh yeah i felt kind of dumb that morning i was like well douglas is five o'clock and it's kind of not awake and just uh let's not tell anybody about this and what does he do he tells everybody about my hunt story <laughs> don't go hunt with triplet he's gonna forget the gun <laughs> forget anything but the gun oh man uh he's just we were walking back to his house gosh dang triplet you're so retarded i can't <laughs> believe you did that i was like wow man yeah. You're my guide. I thought you were supposed to hold the gun for me. <laughs> <laughs> that place was yeah. so cool, huh? The Rednecks and Paychecks all in there. I went hunting yeah. out of there yeah. with them, too. Fuck, there was a lot of fun stuff. Did you go to the actual events? I never did. I should have, but no. I, it was The event always tied up when we had an event. Yeah. So One time it was on to... with Thackerville, and we got to go. It was That's right, close to Thackerville. And we got to go that's for right. a little I probably should have. I probably should have, but, yeah, I never did a lot of fun so uh wild and out this is a show that is like about freestyle rapping kind of or what's the gist of this show how'd you get on it how'd you get the courage to fucking do some freestyle rapping fill us in on this one of the pr guys yeah he called me and said hey dude do you want to do wild and out at first i was like wild and out what the heck and so i looked it up as rapping i was like yeah i'll give it a try uh and man, to tell you the truth, that was probably one of the coolest experiences I ever had. They they made me get on a bucking bull or, you know, the bucking dummy. And I told them, you know, back then I wasn't the best reader, right? So uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I said, you guys aren't giving me words that are too big, right? Like, I'm going to be able to read these words. First three words up there are big as shit. And I was like, what? I can't read this. So I, I, I bucked myself off. So I was like, all right, this show's going to suck. I already sucked right now. Like, it's just going downhill from here. But then I won the rap battle against the guy that was all freestyle. And then I won against Nick Cannon. So I felt pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> did, was that all your own freestyle or did they set that up? Yeah, no, it was it was just, yeah, throw it out there. Go, yeah. go for it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. How, how was Nick I Cannon? Little, I got a little time to prepare myself for it. No, he was, he oh, was, he was man, dude, good guy. He, uh, they had like a green room and they had, I mean, bunch of games in there like they're just it was wild drinking they're smoking they're doing everything in there oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was wild yeah wild now 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's it. The name was right there in their in their green room. They're being wild and out in there. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then Family Feud. How's that one come about? That was another. That's a huge, you know, game show yeah. all across the world. That had nothing to do with the PBR or anything. My brother-in-law during COVID decided to sign us up for it. The, we did a Zoom meeting. They loved our family. And then we we went to Atlanta and, yeah, we did Family Feud. That was that was awesome because uh, it was under the Zomer name. And so the the captain, our brother, my brother-in-law, he introduced everybody. And that was at the very end. And he goes, and then my brother-in-law, professional board, you might see him on TV, professional bull rider. And Steve Harvey comes walking over to to me and he goes what's your last name i said triplet and he goes ah triplet shit i've been to the finals i've watched you there so i thought that i mean that was pretty cool to hear him him say that that's epic yeah yeah oh shit was he pretty cool guy he seems like a pretty freaking cool man he was yeah i mean he rolled he rolled up and he rolled up in a royal royce royce or roll a little little tongue twister a badass car yeah. yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah just a down-to-earth guy cool i mean during the breaks he'd have conversations with you and just yeah he's he's an awesome dude do they set it up for those that watch family few like you see them all like dancing and then you see like how like they go back and forth and shit. do they like prep you before the show oh and yeah tell you? oh yeah they do yeah 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 <laughs> they want like when you do so when you do your zoom call you're you're doing it like you're actually on the show so you gotta you gotta be clapping throw, showing some excitement and stuff and uh yeah it's 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 what they want <laughs> yeah so uh, the move from from Montana, grew up all the time in Montana. What uh, what took you to uh, pretty near Sioux Falls, now South Dakota? Yeah, so I uh, my wife did. You know, uh, she's she's a huge family family person, and uh, while I was still riding, we thought it would just be easier to live here. So when I was gone all the time, she still is around her family, and you know, in Montana, she didn't have no much people, so it would have been a little harder on her. So it's kind of that give and take thing. So I moved to South Dakota for. And then growing up with, uh, like with, um, you said from the city and all that sort of thing, where do you well, think I don't know if that... there's a city in Montana, but yeah, city kid. Yeah. So <laughs> what was, uh, where do you think you'd be if, you know, say your dad didn't come into the picture and, you know, still living the life, where do you think you'd be at? What do you think you'd be doing? Well, if I think I, I love baseball. I was a dang good baseball player. Who knows? I mean, I never know if I'd have made it to the big leagues, but I love baseball, so I would have went the path of playing baseball. You do some snowboarding and shit too, don't you? Oh man, yeah. I love yeah. snowboarding. Heck yeah, that's I yeah. love. Yeah, I do love that. That was one hard thing moving away from Montana. Is like I'd literally go to the bull ridings, come home, snowboard all week, then go back to bull ridings. Uh, it's been hard living in uh, South Dakota. It's pretty flat. Uh, <laughs> no mountains here, so I only get a snowboard about once or twice a year, and that's a little hard on me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on, you know, with you, Triplet, too, is obviously the, the closest you coming into Canada and all that sort of stuff. And with uh, Ty Posbun, you guys were super tight, and, you know, we all got to stay together well a lot and travel down the road together and then um you know when he had that place in springtown we all hung out there you ended up with all with my shops and everything i gotta give you a shout out you're actually the fucking guy that that uh, brought the orange shops back for me remember you had those oh yeah that's right that's right <laughs> took them uh but you're yeah, posy you got any good stories posy stories or memories you know what 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 do you think of when you when you hear his name anymore oh man I, the, the thing that just comes to me is the kindest most considerate guy that you you might ever meet i mean he was 
he was everybody's friend. He cared about everybody. And, uh, I mean, everybody had a good time with him. If you didn't laugh or, or have fun with Posse, you probably weren't hanging out with the right Posse because, I mean, that guy was just, I mean, the best. I mean, rode bulls at the highest level was pitcher perfect when he rode bulls. He was so correct and just, I mean, it was hard on all of us. But, yeah, we that Posse was – he was the man. I mean – I have there's so many stories I don't even know where to begin. Some good, some bad. Just it was, it was fun. We we had a, we had a great time. I mean, so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Uh Disney, the Disneyland one. Not always me and you went to Disneyland with Douglas oh, yeah. once. But didn't you guys all go to Disneyland once too after the event? Yeah, we we. I mean, that was that was my go to thing in Anaheim. You go go ride bulls and then go to Disneyland. That was that was fun. Yeah, we one time we went there and it was during the night and. We were drinking and having fun and just, gosh, riding roller coasters and <laughs> doing it all. Yeah, it was, it was good. So yeah. the, that year, trip when, you know, you came, I don't remember what year it was, but you were in the world championship race a few times. But the one year you, you were like 16 weeks or something and as the number one guy in the world, remember you kicking it off when in Chicago, uh delco I think you rode a couple times that year to, to start the year off. Was there something different? about that year or what was it that you know you were you were full-on world champion contender what is it a left like leftovers from the year before momentum rolling from the year before what was it about that that time in your career i think that was the year i just was that my mind was set i was comfortable uh i knew i deserved to be there and i just my my whole aspect of how i went about it was was just different i was going there we always go there to win, but I knew I was going there knowing I was going to win. And I just worked hard to get in that position. Just, just worked out very hard and just, just had the mindset that I was going to win everything. And uh, going into the summer break, I tore my ACL and that's what that's, I had to take like, I took like four or five months off and try to come back without getting surgery, but just a little late. <laughs> <laughs> a little late. Uh, was that the you know your highlight year? Do you feel like other than the surgery through the knee surgery, or was there another year that stands out to you? Or looking back on it, what was what do you feel like you were at your best? I mean that year and that year I think 2015 was the year, and then 2019 when I went into the finals and I just started got fouled the first night. They didn't give me a rewrite, and I rode every bull after that and got second at the world finals. Should have won it, but it is what it is. That was I think 19 was my my just most dominant year just kicked ass yeah yeah that's kind of fun to to look back on now as a retired guy it hasn't been that long right you were still still rolling them at the start of the year so i'm sure there'll be a a lot of different aspects that come into play and a lot of memories and different shit that comes into it but being at this fresh uh what is what do you feel like was the the highlight moment or the top moment of your career could be a ride maybe inside the arena outside the arena uh as a bow rider what do you feel like was one of the probably the coolest moment of your career that stands out the coolest and some of the other ones you can fill us in what pops into your mind of just awesome fucking times i think the coolest time i ever had is pink night at the finals i had outlaw stormy and uh gage gay on the back of the shoots and i uh i i think i picked or is the rank ninth no it was a draw i drew walk off and uh a bull that hadn't been rode very much and uh just just riding in that atmosphere when the crowd was behind you and just having your buddies just screaming. It, it, I mean, that's, it doesn't get any better than that when you got your buddies throwing some fist pumps and just 
screaming for you and just you step off of a bull you're 90 plus on and it just it, it, uh, it didn't feel any better than that that was a badass bull ride too did you like him away from your hand i feel like you did more away from your hand that's what I, my dad would always preach to me matt get to loving away from your hand and you'll it'll be it'll make your career a lot easier so i just I love bulls away from my hand because it just is just a little easy move. Jim Jim Sharp, if you ever watched him on Orange Crush, I'd watch that four or five times every night before I went to bed because it's so perfect. And that's what I wanted to be like away from my hand is just doing things small and correct and just perfect. And uh, it made bull riding a lot easier because then you didn't care which way they went because left or right, it was still it was the same. One more that I want to ask you about, which I found was pretty badass, and this guy's a big part of uh, of the PBR now, it's sounding like, and he's been at a few different events, but uh, Kid Rock, you got to go hunting with Kid Rock in Montana. How did that come yeah. about? Yeah, <laughs> man, that was so after 2019, as after the finals when I got second, Clark, uh, everybody knows Clark, Clark the man, yeah. he called me and says, because I've always wanted to go hunt and check out his place and hang out with him, and he just calls me up and says, Hey, you had a great finals, Matt. What are you doing right now? I just got home. And, and, uh, I go, well, I just got home from the finals, uh, just hanging out. And he goes, well, why don't you come up and do a little elk hunting? And I said, you bet. And, and I'll start driving right now. And he goes, by the way, kid rocks here. And I said, yep, I'm on my way. <laughs> he, goes, he thought I was going to fly or something. He goes, how long, how long until you're here? I said, well, I'm jumping in my truck. It's 13 hour, 13 hour drive. I'm not going to stop other than gas and I'll be there. <laughs> oh, so yeah. We spent spent the about three four days hanging out. I mean, having a fun. We we drank quite a bit at night and went hunting during the day. And that was probably one of the coolest experiences I've I've had. You know, Kid Rock. Well, he's a, just a great guy. It was fun to get to know him. And I saw him the other day in Nashville. And I said, "Hey, kid, do you remember me? I was a guy hunting at Clark's uh, with you." And he goes, "Triplet, what's up?" I, was like, I thought <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh... Yeah, he's, so he's a pretty cool guy. You see him on, uh, you know, on the TV with like the PBR now, and he's up singing with Flint, doing all that sort of stuff. But seems like a really down to earth guy. Is that kind of what he was like around oh. uh, around you guys hunting and shit, telling stories or what? Oh yeah, hundred percent. He was just just himself in that nature, you know. And I think another reason why I kind of liked me, I was I didn't just pull my phone out and been like, hey kid, let's get a picture. Like I didn't. I treated him like just one of a, like just a buddy, you know. It wasn't like. I needed a picture. Yeah, I got some because we were hunting and got a cool picture with our elk and stuff. But it, at the end of the day, I think you just you treat people just how they want to be treated or just be nice to them. Don't need to over try to get pictures or whatever the case may be. And he, yeah, he treated me like I was just one of his buddies. So that was that was awesome. How the fuck does Clark know Kid Rock and everybody like Clark, Clark knows everybody? Yeah. yeah. How do you explain Clark <laughs> to everybody? They own like Montana. And then yeah. he's just the coolest cat. Dude, he's awesome. Like, Clark's just a good guy. He, he likes to just help everybody. And he even Justin Timberlake stays at his house, too. It's like, how do you know all these guys? Uh, <laughs> unreal. Wow. Did you, were you with us at the, in Calgary when we did the, guitar playing with Bingham you were with us yes right? yes yes we went up into the yeah I was that was, How much fun was that? me it was you me he gave you his guitar that was the coolest thing ever yeah that was remember? sweet yeah outlaw who else was with us I don't care was Jesse Douglas was with us, us? yeah Jesse. Was. Tyler Har, I think was with us Tyler Har, yep, yep. Uh, Dude, yeah that was cool that was like 
we all knew we all knew Bingham and and you know it was he invited us to come hang out with him at his uh, apartment that they got for him and yeah he did a little private concert song for us dude that was it don't get that that's what's so cool about our sport is you you get caught up in some of the coolest things ever like just being around some of the people you never thought you'd get to meet or hang out with and man that was that was a cool experience really remember when we were when we were leaving and I had the guitar and the guys down the, like the, what are they called? Like the take your vehicle, the valet people. Valet, yeah. There's, there's like trying to make conversation with us and they're like, Oh, is this your only gig this week? You guys, or do you have more concerts yeah. to play? <laughs> right. <laughs> thought, we, thought we were a cowboy band. We we're all fucked up. And nobody just got to take pictures of us. <laughs> oh, just, tell, just tell them you're all booked up. No, no, we're booked yeah, Right. We're we're, Sold we got out shows. Sold out <laughs> shows, yeah. Were you you went you were a part of the Beaver party too? Chase was telling us about that. Yeah, was that you? Oh you man, that one? yeah, that was so. I can't remember. It was after uh, I think Anaheim. I'm pretty sure Anaheim, and yeah. I actually won. I won that event. Damn. And then Monster, they they contacted. I can't, I think it was Outlaw or one of them guys, and said, "Hey, do you guys want to go to Justin Beaver's after party from the Grammys?" And we're like, "Yes." So we went there and. We literally got there and there's probably two, three hundred people standing outside the gate. And we get there and they said, make way for the Cowboys. And so they they kind of made way for us. And they're like, the people were like, what the heck? Why are these Cowboys getting in front of us? And we get in there and it was just. I mean, I was I was so tuned up. I don't even remember half the people I, I was talking <laughs> to, but freaking Willingham said we were sitting there talking with Mac Miller. I wish I would have remembered it, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably didn't lie he probably died not long after that yeah and and i always loved his music and you know i just we i think that's why everyone was getting along with us just like going back to the kid rock story we weren't there trying to get pictures we we're just having us a heyday we we're having a good old time <laughs> <laughs> we didn't care who nobody was we we're just excited to be there <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. and you spent a lot of time with bonner too like when he was traveling around and when he was doing the the dancing with the stars and all the different shit and i remember you saying how like remember we were pbr and and it wasn't the best of times when they were they like we say the media and all that stuff. And then Bonner started doing this like modeling shit, and he was like a rock star, right? When you started going yep. with them, was there some pretty cool memories of of him doing cool shit like that? Oh man, yeah, that was another guy I looked up to too. It was fun traveling with him, and then uh, you know when he was out there dancing with the stars, I went out there and hung out with them for a bit. It was just you know for a guy that uh, had you know a career-ending accident, it was it was sad that. That happened to the guy, but you know, he he bounced back. He didn't let him get it down. Yeah, I got him down for a little bit, but he bounced back. Started modeling. Started doing other things to revenue uh, money and whatever it took to to make it. And yeah, got to go to dance with the stars. That was huge for for the PBR. That was huge for the cowboy world. Like uh, just getting more involvement with the PBR. But he did he did a good job. It was it was cool to watch him do it. It, it wasn't easy. I mean learning all them dance moves, spending hours every day, learning all that. I mean, hat, hat off to him. That was, that was impressive. Yeah, uh, I think the, the modeling lifestyle is pretty wild cat too. Is it not looked like he had some fun? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I think he got to go to some foreign country and yeah, he got to do a lot of cool stuff. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had him on and I got to get him back to get some more stories from some insects. <laughs> But I think he's got some good ones. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's got some awesome ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, buddy. Well, we've held you for quite some time. I just wanted to. Uh, to
ask you before we get to our, our infamous question on the show, but is there is there a way to, to stay involved now that you're retired? I know you probably haven't thought of it. You got this gig going with Douglas now, but uh, is rodeo bull riding a part of your life forever? Are we going to see you back maybe with the bulls, with your dad, maybe judging, maybe some media, I don't know, coaching. There's all these different avenues now with the, with, uh, with the team series. Is uh is are we gonna see you around or are you gonna be one of those guys that's uh gone up in well I guess not in the mountains anymore, but on the flatlands of South Dakota chasing <laughs> Buffalo? <laughs> you know, uh the sport's given me so much. I'd love to get back and do any kind of thing the PBR would want me to do or anybody in that matter. Uh if it would be broadcasting, if it'd be just helping helping guys out, you know, a thing the PBR really does not do good is what are these guys going to do on their after after their career? You know, someone's got to organize this a little bit better for these guys because once you get done, it's such a it's depressing at first. I mean, you don't know what you're going to do. The only thing you knew how to do is ride bulls, and then you get thrown out in the real world. It's hard to try to figure out what you're going to do to make that kind of money. And no one really directed me how to save money, how to put it here to maybe do some investments. I was just a young kid making good money and not knowing what to do with it. So I think it'd be kind of cool to maybe set up something to help guys, you know, after their career, something that they wouldn't have to think about because when you're riding bulls, you just want to think about riding bulls, but maybe just something to kind of help them when they're retired. I haven't got what I'm going to do yet, but I'm just kind of brainstorming on some things to help guys out. Even, even if they matched a portion of your winnings to put towards a retirement fund, Something. well, you're going, you know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I mean, I, a lot of us are no different. We were having fun and we got money at the time. And, you know, the next thing you know, how many times, Tanner, we said it on here, it's over and it's done. Yep. Um, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, right. now what? So it, I agree with you. It'd be nice to even have some, people come in that would guide you on where to put 30% of your money as you're going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Even lifestyle wise too. I feel like it's probably something that would help guys. Like you go from, it's like, kind of, well, it's not the same, but like you come out of prison and you got to integrate yourself back into normal society. Like you listen to some of the stories that the guys have and you don't, you, we did nothing during the week other than work out, go on the weekend and be a rock star and have the funnest fucking times on top of that too. And then, one day it's just all kind of done and it, you know, you still kind of live that life and it's weird. You're not, right. you can't live like that anymore. No, <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly when you retire and Tanner, you retired from bull riding, but went into bull fighting. So that kind of buffed that out a little bit for now, but it's that, it's that uh, once you're, you're, you decide to step away, it's kind of that one year of you lose your identity of what you've done yeah. forever. And then, then you kind of find, things that get you back into it or whatever. I'm just speaking from my own um, experience, but um, it is, it's tough because you've been known as, as, you know, trip at the bull rider. I was known as scubber in the bullfighter and then boom, it's gone. So it's, uh, it's something that takes a little bit to integrate yourself back into the, oh. I, I found it tough. I found it tough going to like my kids hockey games. Cause I, I really had no um, conversation with the other dads. Like what, what was I going to talk about? Right. Yeah, I don't, right. Yeah, yeah. they're ta they're talking about fertilizing their lawn, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know, man. Whatever, dude. Yeah, dude. Dude. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a uh, it's a change. It's a challenge and a and a change. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah and I, sometimes I think it gets guys. I mean, some guys it gets guys really down, and it, they go through some big time depression, and you know, it's just you don't want to see anybody that's had 
such a good career to kind of be down in the dumps, you know, got to have something that they can fall back on when they're when they're done if someone would just help these guys with you know like you said put 30 percent of your winnings here put 30 percent of your sponsors here that way when you do retire you're not worried you're not as worried about money you kind of have a time frame to kind of get yourself up set up for the next chapter in your life yeah yeah chase is kind of on something like that too right and douglas is talking about that too so that's kind of something that you know guys could all get together even just guys helping guys right it's even just like a yeah. guidance program, like I mean, right? Somebody who's been through it and gone through it. And you see lots of the old boys that were before us, and you don't see them ever again. And then you you understand kind of what, what goes on, right? It's kind of scary yeah. a lot of the times. It, it, it No, so some of the stuff you hear of, like, how depressed some of the guys get, it is scary. Like, you, I'm there's a lot of guys that do probably go through, like, what am I going to do? Like, really questioning about what they should do. And I, I know it gets to a scary point where they – it, it's just yeah it's not healthy that's just put it, let's just put it that way you know it's not yeah. healthy for guys yeah not at all yeah to go through it it would be kind of cool to have a group because i'm sure there's lots of guys listening right now that are expo riders or ex-rodeo people that are going through it right now right and i think it's pretty important to say that you know there's people out there that you can talk to and go to and and uh find the avenues to make sure that you don't go down the the, the ultimate wrong path right scott in a sense Yep. We talk yeah, about like lots you, on this pod too. We have like benevolent funds when guys are hurt and all that. And that's great. But why can't we have a PBR retirement fund? You know, right. not a fund necessarily, but a PBR retirement program. So that these guys are, you know, even when you get on tour, the first, the minute you're on tour, every little bit of money you make, you take 30 cents, which sucks. Cause I got teenagers right now. You tell them to set aside 30%. They're they're like, like, no, no. What? But <laughs> but once they see that first generation collect on that when they're done, then it'd be just the norm, and these guys would, would agree with it. I think more so. so yeah, I think you're onto something. Keep at it. Hundred percent. Okay, triplet. We do yep. have our uh, we do have our infamous question that we got to get to you, buddy. Yep. Well, triplet, man. I I was it was an honor to fight bulls for you right from the start up here in Canada and. Uh, like I said, at the start of this, intense is your middle name. I wouldn't say intense, but your motor was 110 mile an hour all the time. It was awesome to watch. Um, this is the NFP podcast. Uh, we have our take on it. What's yours? Uh, my takes on it, you know, is just buck up. Uh, don't be a pussy, like we say. And <laughs> whatever whatever you get thrown in life, whether it's hard or or it's easy, take it the same way and just get after it and don't let it break you down because if you're you're in this industry, you're 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 a badass. So keep keep on keeping on and uh don't let nothing get you down. Oh, I like it. Hey, did you wrote Pearl Harbor, didn't you, when he was younger? Yeah, at the world I finals. First, I was the first one to write him. Fucking right. One of the one of the only two. There's only a handful of guys. Did you ever get that done? What was that? I've just got a few that I've before we stop. You got pandemic, Mr. Bull, Delco, you're a pound the alarm, hocus pocus, coaches, Pearl Harbor, walk off. Big jam. Big jam. <laughs> What's the Big best jump? one? Oh, that's uh I mean, best score would be walk off, but probably the hardest. your favorite ride. Yeah. My, my favorite ride would be Mr. Bull. Is it? <laughs> I love I love that little bull just because. He was a little guy, but had the heart of a big, big guy. You know, he just bucked every time, and you stub your toe, you're getting dick slammed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He did. Uh, he did that to me too a couple times, but I wrote him. So <laughs> got him twisted. Yeah, 
I'm glad that you did end up getting home to get to see your baby being born because it was tight quarters. Remember when we were in Big Sky? It was fairly close. I didn't, if we were no, gonna... I didn't. I didn't make it. You didn't make it. Hey, I didn't. <laughs> no, do... I didn't. I didn't. It was. Yeah, that was. Like, I actually like had this... a guy that said he would, he would fly me, and I didn't. I, I just I didn't feel right flying because I don't know, but I probably should have. But I missed it by by a couple like five hours or something. Uh, hey. Right here, buddy. I'm with you. I hey, did, I but did you were also. on your way. Yeah, you I were on me. your way. It wasn't like you were just hanging out, uh, you know, True. drinking a beer. Right. You were hauling ass, right? So yeah, and hey, my I wife, got... you know, my wife told me I could go to the bull riding, so we were we were good. And she had her mom and her best friend there, so she's like, "It's probably better than you being in there, anyways." So I was like, "Yep, yep, it <laughs> yep, was." Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that um, I mean, yeah, that does suck, but. I'm um, gonna have another one, so I didn't yeah, you're good. Second one. <laughs> yeah. I did. I was good. Uh, two out of three, I was there for. So that's there that's, you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the average. You gotta take the average. Yeah, you gotta take the average. I like yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> winning, <laughs> winning. Hey, but I'll tell you this much, Triplet. Every time that you do get in trouble, it probably will get brought up, and it probably will be used against you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all right though. It's my own fault. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, buddy. Well, we appreciate you joining us on the NFB podcast. This has been our interview with Triplet. Thanks, guys. See your prayers and